start this morning, I really just have one question. Do you want the good news or the bad news? That's how some very interesting conversations always start. Do you want the good news or do you want the bad news? Personally, I would rather have the bad news first. I know it's not going to be good and it, it's not, I, I'm not going to like it, but in my mind at least, if I take the bad news and then I get the good news after that. It may be a tough pill to swallow, but at least the, the good news is going to help it go down, if you understand. And maybe you're the other way around. You know, you want, you want the good news first, but just for, for me personally, you know, Mary Poppins said a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And that's the way I view the good news. But the truth is, there's not always good news to help the bad news go down. And in those situations, I've found that while I, I, I don't like the bad news, it does help sometimes if I can at least know why. If I can know why, that's that spoonful of sugar that it doesn't make it taste good, but at least it helps the medicine to go down. And we've been talking about relationships. We've been talking about life and how we interact with one another, and, and how we have this, this common sense that, that tells us they will be out for yourself, step on people to get ahead, I'm in charge, and so I get to do what I want, but we also have God's wisdom, God's uncommon sense, that keeps in sight the, the true goal, that keeps in sight eternity and where we really want to go, and when we look at God's uncommon sense, then the rest of our interactions, they look different in light of that. Last week, we looked at the bad news. In fact, I'll just go ahead and read it. And we were in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, this is what Paul writes. He says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Now, that's the bad news. And we, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but we kind of skipped over that. And instead, we, we focused on the role of the husband last week. And if you weren't here, I would encourage you, go back. It, it's on our YouTube channel. You can check that out. But what we said was, yes, if we follow in the next verses, it clearly states that, that God has placed the husband as the head of the household. The husband has the authority. The husband has the power. But with great power comes great responsibility. 
The husband is charged by God to love his wife as Christ loves the church, sacrificing himself and giving of himself, putting her needs above his own and loving her as his own body, providing for all of her needs, her physical needs, her emotional needs, her spiritual needs. That is the role of the husband. But that does not negate the command, wives, submit to your husbands. That's not really a popular command, especially these days. In general, we don't like to submit, but especially these days, in our, in our modern society of, with, with women's suffrage and women's rights, which are all good things, it adds that extra layer, that extra barrier to this command to submit because we don't like to submit. In fact, this is not the first time that we've heard this command to submit. In the first week that we were looking at this, we, we saw the command submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And we, we looked at what that meant to submit to one another. And typically when we think of submitting, we think of a hierarchy. We, we think of a authority. We think of like a chain of command. Well, this person's in charge and this person's underneath them and this person's underneath them and everybody who's down below, they have to submit to whatever is above them. And there is an element of authority in this command to submit. But if we look at the command to submit to one another, it gets kind of weird. Because if, if you are in authority over me, and I am in authority over you as we submit to one another, I mean, who's really in charge? I mean, if you follow the command and you submit to me, well, then in turn, I'm not submitting to you. And vice versa, if we both then submit, then, then nothing gets done. And so we had to look at this and say, well, well authority is an aspect of submission. What this command is saying in verse 21... We said that submission goes beyond that. And in submitting to one another, this idea of submission is, is a voluntary attitude where we, we cooperate with one another, where we assume responsibility for one another, and where we carry the burdens for other people. This is what submission means in verse 21, where it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The question then becomes, what does it mean in verse 22? When it says, wives, submit to your husbands, what does that form of, of submission look like? And we can understand that better if we go back to the, the original language this is written in. If we go back to the Greek, like we did with that other verb, submit. If we look at, at what submit means in verse 22 you will find something very interesting. The word submit in verse 22, it's not there. There is no word submit in verse 22. Instead, what you have is a continuation, a, a completion of the sentence from verse 21. In the... Uh, the Lexham uh, English Bible, probably a translation that you've never heard of. It is a very literal word-for-word -word translation. And in that one, 
If we read verses 21 and 22, it says, Being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, wives to their own husbands as to the Lord. So if we're looking at what does wives submit to your husbands mean in verse 22, it means the exact same thing that it meant in verse 21 because it's using the exact same word as in verse 21. To have a voluntary attitude of submission, to, to be cooperating, assuming responsibility for, and, and carrying the burdens. There's still that element of authority as Christ, but it's, it's this idea of, of carrying the burdens of somebody else. But that doesn't always make it better. Because we still don't like the idea of submitting, especially in a, in a marriage relationship. For some reason, we get all up in arms and we don't like this idea of submitting in those relationships. But when we think about it, every relationship has some element of submission. I, I told you I, I frequent the social media site Quora where people can ask questions and other people will answer, and you'll get a lot of different answers to, to a lot of different questions. And the other day I was reading on there, and somebody asked the question, I'm summarizing here, basically, do I have the right as a parent to just barge into my teenager's room um, and check things out? And you got lots of different answers. There were, there were people that said, absolutely, it is your house, your rules, they follow whatever you say, and you have 100% right and authority to barge into their room without knocking whenever you want. And there are other people who said, absolutely not. Your teenagers have rights, and you don't need to trample over those rights. In fact, if it was me and my parents did that to me, well, I would go out and I would buy a lock and I'd put it on my bedroom door and I wouldn't let them in my room at all. Neither of those extremes are healthy. The reality is, in that relationship, there is that element of submission that goes both ways. As a child, you have the responsibility to submit to your parents' authority, to respect them and to work with them. As the parent, you have the responsibility of respecting your child and allowing them to, to have some boundaries. Every single relationship whether it's parent or child or even husband and wife, has some element of submission that goes both ways. But before we go any farther into what this means, wives submit to your husbands, I first want to clarify what this does not say. This is a very specific command that talks about husbands and wives. This is not a command about men and women in general. This does not say women need to submit to men. This does not say that, that every man is above every woman. That is not what is said here. And if someone tries to translate it that way or interpret it that way, they are interpreting Scripture wrong. That's why it specifically says, to your own husband. This is a command, not a general command for every man and every woman, but a specific command 
for a husband and a wife. A man and a woman who have joined in this relationship together. But what it does say, it does say, wives submit to your husbands to carry their burdens, cooperate with them. And that doesn't always sit well. So let's look at the why. There are a lot of questions that come up. When you first start talking about wives submit to your husbands, there is immediately the question of why is he in charge? I mean, we know God said it. God said wives submit to your husbands. The husband is, is the head of, of the wife, but, but why? Why him? Why does he have to be in charge? Or why does anybody have to be in charge to begin with? Why not just work together and, and, and neither one is in charge of, of anyone else? And I could say the easy, well, God said so, just follow it. But instead, let's take it with a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. Whenever Renee and I leave the house, Whenever we leave the kids at home, we have kids ranging from 18 down to 4. And when we leave the house, whether we're going around town or whether we're going to Bismarck or whatever it is, we either implicitly or explicitly tell them, so-and-so is in charge. And the reason that we do that is because we've learned from our mistakes. Because we've not done that in the past. And inevitably, if we do not make it clear who is in charge, there's going to be fights. There's going to be phone calls and messages telling us, well, so-and-so tried to make me do whatever. And, you know, the younger kids, they don't want to listen to the older ones. And the older ones, you know, feel like they need to throw their weight around and boss everybody around. And the older kids fight among themselves because, well, you're not the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. Mom and dad didn't put you in charge. Because the reality is power abhors a vacuum. If there is a vacuum of power, somebody will fill it. And there will be fighting until the strongest wins. That's why we tell them so-and-so is in charge, so that there is no question about it. And that's what God does. Somebody has to be in charge. If nobody's in charge, then it's just going to cause problems. And so God says, husband, you are the head of your wife. You are the head of your household. But then the question becomes, okay, so somebody has to be in charge. Why does it have to be him? Why can't it be somebody else? Anybody else? Why didn't God put women in charge? And truthfully, I don't have a solid answer. I could give you lots of possible reasons. I could speculate, and many people have. I mean, the long and short of it is God said so, but if we want to go into the weeds and try and explain, maybe, maybe it was because in this time period when this was written, it was a very patriarchal society. And men were just generally in charge. And if God began saying, women, you are in charge of your husband, that would not have landed well. I don't know if that's the reason, but that's a possibility. Maybe if we go back to the creation story, God created man, and then when man needed a helper, when, when man needed help, God created woman to be that helper, to be that, that aid, that, that assistant to him. 
And that could be the reason why God has placed man in that position, because that was how he orchestrated it from the very beginning. Maybe. Some people will even go as far as to say, well, men are just naturally wired that way. Men are just naturally wired with a, an inclination to, to lead. And that's not saying that women can't lead or that women aren't good at leading. I have a very strong mother who is a very strong leader. So I know women can absolutely lead. But if we look at leadership in, in the corporate world, if we look at the people who gravitate toward those positions of leadership, statistically, it's overwhelmingly men. And so some could argue it's just in that natural inclination, the, the in a man, man's ability to, to lead. I don't know. Again, this is all speculation. The, the only thing that I know for 100% certainty is that's what God said. This is not the only place. In many other places throughout Scripture, it is reiterated that the, the husband is the head of the household, that the husband is in charge of the wife and the kids and all of that. God has placed that responsibility upon him. Am I saying that women are to be doormats? No. Am I saying that, that women are nothing more than slaves to their husbands? Absolutely not. That's why we went through the, everything last week. That's why we, we looked at everything that God said, how, how men have this authority and have this power, but with great power comes great responsibility. Because society would say, you have that power. Throw your weight around. Whatever you say goes, but God says, you are responsible. I have given you this power and authority. Use it wisely. And so God has told the husband, love your wife, just as Christ has loved the church. Sacrifice of yourself. Give your life if it is necessary. But give everything to provide, to protect. Love her as your own body, putting her needs before your own. Her spiritual needs, her physical needs, her emotional needs. Guys, that is your responsibility. God will hold you to account for all of that. I mean, come on. If somebody's loving you like that, if somebody is putting all of your needs above their own, if somebody is, is putting you first and giving everything for you to, to grow, why wouldn't you want to help them? Why wouldn't you want to submit and to encourage them and to cooperate with them and to, to carry their burdens for them? Now, I know not every husband does that. I know not every husband lives up to that standard of loving his wife like Christ loved the church or, or as his own body. And likewise, not every woman lives up to that standard of submitting to her husband. But in marriage, as God has laid it out here, you are to be working together. Husbands giving everything for their wives, sacrificially providing everything that they need, and wives helping support them. 
Marriage is submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. A wise husband then, a wise husband would see the strengths of his wife. A wise husband would delegate authority. Hey, you're way better in this area than me. I am responsible, but I'm going to do a way better job if I let you handle it. Submitting to one another means allowing the strengths of each person to, to carry the burden of the other. Wives are to submit to their husbands. Wives are to have respect for their husbands. That's clearly what is stated here. That does not mean you're a doormat. That does not mean that, that you are a slave and, and you just have to go along with, with everything, but you are responsible for cooperating, for carrying his burdens, for lifting him up. God is holding him responsible. Whether your family is a success or a failure, that falls on the husband. That is his responsibility. Man has been given great power and authority in the marriage. But with great power comes great responsibility. Men, you will be held to account for how you have managed the resources that have been given to you. One of them being your wife. And so husbands and wives work together. For better or worse, richer and poorer, sickness and in health, work together. Love one another. Submit to one another. That's what it means when it says that the two will become one flesh. You are united together, so stand together. Work together and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Lord Jesus, I pray that, that we would get it. That we would forego the, the common sense of this world that says, I'm out for me. That says, I'm going to, I have the power, so I will do whatever I want and you just have to accept it. God, may we forego that common sense and look to your wisdom, to your uncommon sense that says love. Above all else, sacrifice, surrender, submit. God, may we not let ourselves get in the way. May we not let our stubbornness refuse to follow this command and, and in so doing, rejecting you. God, I pray that in each and every marriage that we would submit to one another, that wives would submit to their husbands as to the Lord, that, that husbands would love their wives as Christ has loved the church. God, you have called us into relationship. And I pray that, that we would see the true wisdom that lies in that. So God, go with us. Help us to submit. Help us to, to love, to carry one another's burdens. And God, may you receive the glory. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.